Today on Bold Steps with Mark Job, we're learning to guard our hearts. We are in a mega battle for the destiny of this city, for the destiny of your family, your marriage, your children, and your very own life. And so John is warning us, telling us, exhorting us to not allow ourselves to become sucked into what this world is doing. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago and President of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today we're continuing our study from the book of 1 John. We're going to see what it means to live as children of the light in fellowship with God. And Mark, let's talk about guarding our hearts. Boy, this is such a big topic and it's so very easy to uh, get sucked into the culture and some of the values of the culture. Let that guard down. It Mm -hmm. really is. And John is just reminding us that we are children of light. And he addresses children, fathers, young men, uh, wherever you're at in your spiritual walk, and this applies to men and women. He's telling us that regardless what our stage in life is, that we have to guard our heart. Such a great admonition to us. Let's pay attention to God's word. Here's Mark Job. In verse 12, he says, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who's from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Verse 15, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man... The lust of the eyes, the boasting of what he has or does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So John is addressing three categories of people. He's about to tell them that none of us are above being sucked into the culture of this world. Oh, have you felt that tug on your soul and heart? Come on. Have you felt the pull of the world? Have you been around people and they start kind of sucking you in and you say, hey, 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 why am I talking like they're talking when they should be talking like I'm talking? Have you ever felt yourself starting to get sucked into what they're watching and how they're living and the games that they play and suddenly you say, whoa, 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 wait a second, that's not me. That's who I was. That's the old me. That's the B.C. days, before Christ days. But, but, but now, I'm a different person, so I have to watch myself, guard myself, live in the light, not get sucked in, live in contrast to the world. 
So John is addressing people that are living in a day and age much like ours. They're struggling to maintain their testimony. They're fighting to not get sucked into the world. And he says, I want to make sure that you understand who I'm talking to. He addresses three categories of people. These are not age categories. These are spiritual maturity categories. He says, I'm talking to you children. And he's not talking to kids in kindergarten or grade school. He's talking about spiritual children. He says, I talk to you children because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. He says, I'm talking to you that are brand new believers. You haven't walked with God for a long time. You just started coming around, gave your life to Jesus. Basically, all you know is, I've been forgiven. I don't know pneumonology, the study of the Holy Spirit. I don't know soteriology, the study of salvation. I don't know eschatology, the study of the end times. I don't know what predestination means. I don't know what post-millennial or pre-millennial means. All I know is I was lost and I was in sin, and I was going my way, and I had an encounter with Jesus that has washed me, cleansed me, filled me with the Holy Spirit, and I know that my sins have been forgiven. And so I don't know a lot, but I know that. Yeah. How many of you say, Pastor, I think I'm a new believer. I'm, I'm kind of new. Uh, go ahead, raise your hand. You say, I'm, I'm kind of new here. All right, very good. We're having some people get baptized next week. They're new. They're just walking in God, just starting out. And if you're new here, John is talking to you as a spiritual child. You may be 60 years old, but you can still be a spiritual child, right? If you just started walking with God. He says, I... I not only am talking to new believers, he says in um, verse 13, I write to you fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. Uh, fathers, he's not only speaking to men, this is a, a terminology to speak of people that are mature, he's speaking to men and women who have known God for a long time. You have walked with God, you came to know Jesus a long time ago. You've been through some tests. Your Bible is worn out because you've spent a lot of time in your Bible. You've moved those pages around. You know some scripture. You've heard teaching. You've taught other people. When people look at you, they say, well, that's a man of God or that's a woman of God. Well, I want to be like them when I grow up and be like God. They are mature. People call on you to pray for them. People ask you Bible questions. People look at your example. Why? You've been around for a while. You've known Jesus for some years. Praise God for people like that, right? Praise God for people that have, that have a testimony, an enduring testimony. And then he says... And I write to you young men, this is younger growing leaders, because you have overcome the evil one. Now he's talking not to children, but people that have moved beyond being children in God. And you, you have the fire of God. You're a young leader that's being raised and you're saying, God, use me. 
And he says, I'm writing to you because you've overcome the evil one. He's tried to sift you. He's tried to knock you out. He's tried to drag you into the world, but you have overcome him by the power of the blood of Jesus. And you're walking strong in God. I'm, I'm, I'm writing to you. And then he repeats himself. And just in case you hadn't heard what he said, he said, I'm writing to you, to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. Hey, your sins have been forgiven and you've known God. I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who's from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God lives in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Oh, I love that. If you're a young leader here, you say, man, I'm getting into the word. I'm reading my Bible. I'm, I'm not living in blatant sin. I've, I've overcome a lot of stuff in my life because I, I have a zeal to live for God. I, I want to walk with God. I want to live in purity. I'm getting into the Word. I'm getting into prayer. I'm worshiping God. I'm living as a testimony. So whether you're a new believer, whether you're a mature Christian, or whether you're a young leader that's growing, John says this. Guard your heart. Because no matter how long you've been in God or how short you've been in God, none of us are beyond being sucked into the world and losing our spiritual life and faith if we don't guard our heart. Hey, we're in a battle. This is not, if you've been walking with God for a while, I'm going to tell you, there's a spiritual battle. And, and this battle is out to take your spiritual walk. If you've been living for Jesus for some time, you know this is not easy. There are forces out there that are out to trip you, that are out to defeat you, that are out to discourage you, that are out to eat you alive, spiritually speaking. I mean, we are in a mega battle for the destiny of this city, for the destiny of your family, your marriage, your children, and your very own life. And if you're not ready for this battle, then you will become a casualty of this battle. And so John is warning us, telling us, exhorting us to not allow ourselves to become sucked into this, what this world is doing. And so in order to prepare, as John tells us several things, and if you're taking notes, I want you to jot these down because it's very important. I love what it says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I want you to know something today. I... As your pastor, I really want you to make it. My greatest joy is to see you make it. My greatest joy is to see you walk with God. I have people all the time come up to me and say, Hey, Pastor, you know, I just want to tell you thank you for, you know, ministering the word. And, you know, anything I can do. And I say, yeah, you can do one thing. Live for God. Because my reward... 
My reward, my greatest reward is to see you walking in God and living out your Christianity. My greatest joy is to see you walking in God. That's what I love to see. If you want to give me a gift, trip to Europe would be good. Uh, no, no, no. You want to give me a big gift? Listen, you want to give me a huge gift, a gift that I would really like? Live for God. Walk for Jesus. Don't fall away. Lead your family, men. Walk as women of dignity and purity, ladies. Young people, take a stand for God. My greatest joy is to see the impact of the gospel fleshed out in your life and you really living for God. That's what I get most excited about. That's what I, get, that's what I rejoice about the most, is when you live for God. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job here on Bold Steps with a message titled, The Real Test. And just a quick note, we want to make sure you know where to find these daily programs in case you ever miss anything on the radio. Just go online to our website, boldstepsradio.org. We also want to encourage you to subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast so you can hear these biblical teachings while you exercise or take a lunch break, wherever this year may take you. You'll find the podcast by searching for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. And if you do listen to us there, go ahead and leave a comment and a five-star review to let us know what the program means to you. One final note, if you're not receiving Mark's weekly devotional called the Bold Stepper Weekly, make sure to sign up today. It's free to receive and it arrives first thing Monday morning to your inbox. Great way to get the day started with God's Word with Pastor Mark Job. Sign up today at boldstepsradio.org. All right, right now, let's jump back into today's message. Mark has three more points you'd like to make about guarding your heart. So if you're taking notes today, there's three things you need to remember about guarding your heart. Number one, when your desire for the world increases, listen, then your heart for God decreases and vice versa. When your desire and love for God increase, then your desire and love for the world decreases. This is a spiritual principle that you cannot get away from. Verse 15 says, Do not love the world or anything that is in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now you say, well, pastor, I thought we're supposed to love the world. Doesn't John 3.16 say, for God so loved the world? Then if Jesus loved the world, how come we're not supposed to love the world? Aha, good observation. Glad you ask. <laughs> There's two different meanings here. When the Bible says that Jesus, so, for God so loved the world, he's speaking of, the population of the world, the people of the world, the souls, the men and women and children that live in the world. God so loved the population of the world that he gave his only begotten son. In this verse here, 1 John, when it says, do not love the world, it's not talking about people in the world. It's not talking about your neighbor or your boss or your cousin. It's talking about something different. The word here is the word cosmos. It's a Greek word. And 
It's the opposite of chaos. Uh, we use it when we talk about uh, the stars in the sky. Uh, we, we talk about the, the cosmos, uh, uh, the, the, the galaxies and the world, the, the star system. It's the orbiting of the stars and it's the system of the planets in, in space and in their orbit. When we're talking about the world, we're talking about the world system, its values, its culture, and the entire world system apart from God. What John is saying is do not love the culture of this world. Do not love the system of this world that is apart from God. There's a lot of things in this world that have nothing to do with God and you can become sucked into them and enamored with them and when you get engaged in this world and get enamored with the system of this world then you start losing your love for God in fact John is very clear about it he says the more you love this world and its system and its values then the less you'll love God so here's what I know People say to me, well, pastor, I don't know how to have victory in my life over temptation and victory in my life over these struggles that I have that are sucking me in. I'm, I'm struggling to have victory in my life. I'll, I'll give you the secret to victory. Here's the secret to victory. Love God more. The more you love God, the less room you'll have to love the world. Simple as that. You see, a lot of us think that we can love God and love the world. We say, well, yeah, I'm a believer. I love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. Me and Jesus. We're together. I had a guy tell me that one time. I was at his house witnessing, and he was saying, I, I love Jesus. He told me he just got out of prison. I love Jesus a lot. You want to know how much I love Jesus? I, yeah, I guess. He took off his shirt, stripped down. I thought, well, I don't know what this guy's doing. I'm like, uh, you love Jesus. I mean, I'm not sure. Took off his shirt. He had, he had a big tattoo of the head of Jesus on his back. You see how much I love Jesus? Yeah, but you're living with your girlfriend and dealing drugs. I, I, know, I know you got a tattoo of Jesus on your back, but listen, you can't just say you love Jesus. You have to love Jesus enough to leave the world. I run into individuals like that as well. It's the conversation I've had with the guy that tells me he loves two women. And he says, you know, I'm in love with my wife. I'd do anything for her. I love her. She's the joy of my heart, the diamond of my soul. She's the woman I've loved forever, but I also love my other woman. He has a different love. I, I just love two women. Hold on, buddy. You got a big problem here. The more you love one, the less you love the other. The more you love the other, the less you love the one. Jesus makes that very clear. The Bible speaks about that oftentimes. In fact, for example, in James, referring to the same topic, James chapter 4, verse 4, 
James says, you adulterous people, he's talking about spiritual adultery. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. He's not talking about friends with people in the world. He's not talking about friends with people that don't know Jesus. He's talking about that you hang out, that you love, that you are enamored with the culture and the values of this world. And they become your values and they become your culture. If you love that system of the world, then you cannot love God. You will love the world and stop loving God, is what James says. It also tells us in James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after wid widows and orphans in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So you say, okay, pastor, well, what is it really that is in the world? Help me understand what is it that I should not be loving in the world? Well, I think verse 16 defines what's in the world. So it leads me to my second point. When you don't distinguish the godly desires from the worldly desires, you will become deceived. Verse 16 describes what's in the world. He says, for everything in the world, there are three things, three main categories of things that are in the world. These all have to do with desires or drives. The cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has or does comes not from God, from the Father, but from the world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Three things compose the drives of the world. When you don't want to know what's driving people out in the world, what is it, what's that motivate them? You'll find out that the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh has to do with anything that, that you overindulge in. You're listening to Bold Steps with pastor, author, and Moody Bible Institute president, Mark Job. Part two of today's message is coming up tomorrow, but in the meantime, feel free to visit our website and check out all of the faith-building tools and opportunities we have available. That's boldstepsradio.org. Well, Mark, we're honored to have a very special guest in the studio today. And I have to say, I'm a big fan of him and his wife. I am too. You know, some people you meet, you've read their books, and you're a little bit dis disappointed after you meet them. <laughs> it was the absolute opposite when I met uh, Dr. Gary Chapman and his wife. I walked away the first time I met him thinking, that is the most genuine, pastoral, couple that I have met. And so I walked away thinking, this is the real thing. And so thank you for uh, just being real and um, just impacting so many people. This is a special time that we're celebrating here. Many of you, many of our listeners have read the five love languages, but uh, we're celebrating a pretty big milestone these days. Can you tell us what it is, Dr. Chapman? It's the 30th anniversary of the release <laughs> of The Five Love Languages. The original book, huh? <laughs> which has now sold, they tell me, over 20 million copies, wow. Wow. which absolutely blows my mind, wow. you know, what God has done with that book. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and growing out of that book, of course, there's a lot of children 
it's what I call them, children of that book. Yeah. Like, you know, how does this love language work with blended families and, you know, special needs kids and all those. But also, people kept asking me, what's God's love language? <laughs> and I read through the whole Bible, God speaks all five fluently. <laughs> so I wrote a book called God Speaks Your Love Language. <laughs> I love that. And, and tell me the heart of the book. Basically, what I'm doing is just looking at conversion experiences in the Bible and in church history and contemporary and seeing a parallel between people's love language and the way God spoke to them. Mm. Like Saul on the road to Damascus, I think his language was physical touch because yeah. <laughs> that's what God did for him. <laughs> I got love his that. attention. So, yeah, that's, um, so I'm looking at that. And also, once we become believers, we tend to express our love to God in our love language. Mm. So if words is our language, then we're giving God words of praise and thanksgiving and so forth. That's why people are different in their ways they express love to God. Uh, thank you, Gary and Marcus. Such an honor to offer this book to our listeners, God Speaks Your Love Language. We'd like to send you this Bold Step gift today when you give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps. Just go online to boldstepsradio.org to make your donation or send your financial gift in the mail. Our address, Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. That's 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. If it's easier or more convenient, you can give and request the book by calling 1-800-DL-MOODY, 1-800-356-6639. And then if you'd like to take your gifts even further this year, commit to becoming a bold partner. Your monthly gift will help others all across the country hear the life-transforming message of the gospel, and you'll get some pretty cool perks, too. Learn more about becoming a bold partner online at boldstepsradio.org. You can also engage with Mark and the team on our social media pages. Go to your Facebook or Instagram account and search for Bold Steps Radio. Look forward to seeing you there. I'm Wayne Shepard, inviting you back tomorrow when Mark continues this message titled Guarding Your Heart. It's a lesson on learning to avoid the attacks that come from outside as well as from within. And you can hear it Thursday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.